You already know who it be on Verse TV. It's your girl, Yuri G. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Troy Weeks Music. If you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for all the TV right here on Verse And this week, and this time, and this period, and this moment, is something very special, ladies and gentlemen. In the building today, of course, for all the tea interviewers, someone very special and dear to my heart, especially dear to our hearts here at First TV, uh, it's Miss Yuri G. Yes, buddy. Yeah, just like that. So for our audience who may not yet know you, you know, maybe it's their first time tuning in, they ain't seen us, you know, they don't know where you, but for our first time audience, you may not know where you're from. Tell us where you're from. And also, what do you love most about your origin story about being where you're from? Um, well, I was born in Roxboro, North Carolina. Um, it's a very small town. Um, everybody's almost related and everybody knows each other. Um, but my parents did not stay there. Um, my dad was in the Air Force. He was a mechanic. Um, back then, they wouldn't let you be a flight um, a flyer if you had vision problems my daddy wore glasses so he was the mechanic for the air force um so we traveled all over the place um even as a child so um i spent most of my life um you know in other parts not where i was born uh, <laughs> but um what what's um beautiful about it is that i got to learn how to make friends very quickly and um you know, so yeah, that that's you know. Gotcha. Okay, no worries. It's a good story. No worries. <laughs> you thought you was doing different things in different places, but you learned you could be made friends fast because you had to adapt. Got it. So, at what age did you first get involved in photography? You know, videography. Do you love one more than the other? Um, I'll just say I got into. <laughs> I, I got into photography um, in my 30s. Um, it wasn't until, um, it, it, it was like, I got tired of not getting the opportunities I felt like I would deserve. And my father told me I should start my own business. Um, there wasn't a lot of things that I could think of doing, um, you know, that I liked besides designing clothes. Um, so um, I did some research and I realized that designing T-shirts um, is a good gateway. Um, so I started designing T-shirts um, and I just really didn't know how to market it. You know, so, you know, um, I looked at some different things and they was talking about taking pictures um, or whatever and loading them onto a shirt and printing them on there. Um, and then I started reading about catchphrases, things that would be catchy that people would want to wear. Um, and then I started finding models and et cetera and um, started trying to promote it, this, that, and the other. Um, but what became expensive was paying photographers. Um, so um, I ended up just getting tired of paying photographers three to $600 just to take pictures and not necessarily getting people to like the pictures or to share it. And so I was like, let me get my own camera and I'm gonna just see what I can do. Um, I went to, um, God, what is that place called? It sells all the electronics. Uh, Best Buy. Went to Best Buy. Um, and luckily the Canon people was there. He explained to me, I knew nothing about cameras. I knew nothing about taking pictures. I knew nothing about lighting. I never took a photography course, anything. 
Um, I just asked him, what was the best camera to catch somebody from the waist up or whatever? He said, it's not about the camera, it's about the lens. And he's like, it's going to be inside, outside. Here, here, get this lens. I'll see about getting you a discount on it. And it was that. And everything that I learned was from experience and different photographers trying to sabotage me once they saw my progression. Um, so I learned, you know, what everything on the camera was for. And some of it I researched, some of it I just played with the camera and figured it out. But um, yeah, so it was just a self-taught thing. And it was just like, I was tired of not having the opportunities that I felt like I deserved because I went to college, got degrees, no criminal background, and people didn't want to pay me no more than $15 an hour. Gotcha. So you made your own lane, uh, which makes sense. So tell me, give us a few sentences of all the tea of what you, what made your professional photography, videography journey different? Um, what makes mine different um, is, you know, my journey wasn't about the love of you know, photography and things like my journey came from out of necessity. And it was until I played with it that I found a love for it. But photography wasn't like a dream of mine. It was, I liked being in front of the camera, um, but I didn't know that I would love it as much. And um, what's made the journey interesting is every opportunity that has come my way was from just being open and networking with people. Like just being friendly, not knowing who people are and just being nice opportunities has opened up for me. Mm -hmm. You never know who's who. Definitely a place to be nice to people. Um, so you're a queen on the runway, of course. Can you tell us what brought you there? Um, so um, I, had, I had got into, I always, I always had a love for runway. Like I watched America's Next Top Model. I'll have my little cousins in the living room and we'll have our fake on America's Next Top Model, all of that. Um, but I never felt like I was a model type. I was always a feminine person. Um, so I was like, the industry is not gonna have me because I'm not this muscular dude. Um, and you know, I was feminine. So like I didn't, but I love teaching people and all of that. So um, it wasn't until I booked this model for a photo shoot and um, we were just playing around and he was like, yeah, when you have a runway show, he was like, um, book me for that too. Cause it was a video shoot and a um, photo shoot that I was doing. He was like, when you do runway shows, book me for that too. And then, so um, I was like, do you know how to walk? And he was like, yeah. And whatever. And he was like, do you? And then, so I walked or whatever. And he was like, oh my God, you're really, really good. He was like, I want to introduce you to my family. Or whatever and then from there come to find out his family was a house it was the house of ebony and he took me there they were having a cookout you know he introduced me to everybody i didn't know that this was an audition i just thought i was meeting these people and they was like can you get up and walk for me and you know i did a walk for them and they liked it and you know and it was just from there i was in ebony <laughs> yes well you already answered one of my questions so I'll definitely because you told it Home, home, home. She's the Ebony, ladies and gentlemen. For those who out there who see her walking fiercely and want to know who she's a part of, where she represents, she is uh, Ebony. Um, thank you for that. And so, when you come to your shows, do you have a special routine that you do to prepare for your shows? Um, what I do um, is for every show, they have a um, description. So, like, um, 
I go over the description. I try to get a good understanding of it. And then, um, you know, I might look up different videos on YouTube or whatever, DIYs. Um, I might even watch, like, if it's based off of a TV show, I might watch that TV show so that I can understand the character so I can bring it to the runway. Um, so that is what I do first. And then I just try to be as creative as I can. Um, and once I hit the venue, I just, um, I, I chant to myself, like, you a bad bitch, you a bad bitch, you a bad bitch, you a bad bitch. <laughs> you know, just, you know, because it can be a little intimidating sometimes. Um, you know, people who's been doing this for 10 years, like standing next to these people that everybody loves and you compete in, like you automatically like, oh, they're going to choose her because she's a fan favorite. She's been doing this for so long. But sometimes you get lucky and you gag the people. So like, I just try to remind myself that these people are regular people who just had, you know, these ballroom careers before I started. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to get into the ball scene, but they aren't already to commit to a house. Like, how, how does all this work when it comes to even being involved? Um, what, what you can do is, um, there are people in ballroom everywhere. Um, so you can meet people and they can introduce you to the scene without you um, joining the scene. So you can come and practice and see what it's about without joining. Um, there's different you know, like Kiki Vogue sessions, um, like practice sessions. Um, some of the stuff can be found in Facebook groups. So like if you just type in Vogue in Facebook groups, like there's different groups that you can get added into, the, you know, find out when people are having practices, when people are having auditions, um, you know, to actually join a house. Um, sometimes like you can just, find people on Instagram, most of the, if you go to the gay club, most of the people in the gay club that you know are somehow in somewhere involved in ballroom. So if you want to join, um, just, you know, network, talk, um, you know, but don't be in a rush to join a house. Make sure that you, you know, get to know what the house rules are, what their house is about, what they represent. Like for me, I don't like to be this is extracurricular for me. I don't want to be involved in a lot of structure. So um, I don't, I don't want to have a whole, like, tell me all of us are going to wear Versace outfits to this competition tonight. It's like, oh, y'all want me to have my costume for runway and wear a Versace outfit and pay $40 to get in? Like, that's, and then pay $20 a month <laughs> to be part of the group. Like, I, the House of Ebony, they don't require a lot from you. I like the flexibility and, you know, the ability to just be myself and all of that. That's why I don't see myself going anywhere else. Got you. And so these next few questions are for the young trans kids out there. When did you realize that you were more than a, you were more than an feminine man and that you were a feminine, womanly, beautiful woman? Um, I always knew it, but because of my family and religion, I was scared to um, to take it on. Like every time my hair grow out, my father would cut it off um, because I think he recognized it too. But um, I knew that it really was a problem when I would look in the mirror. Um, I would be, I, I, I literally hated everything about my body, even though it was nothing wrong with it. Um, I looked at it and it was like, I was upset that my hips didn't sit out. I didn't have the Coca-Cola body. 
like I'm sitting in the mirror and like trying to stand to create that curve or whatever. And I was upset that I couldn't get the look that I wanted while taking a picture because I didn't feel attractive without those curves. So um, I, I, I always knew, but I couldn't act on it because of, you know, the family and religion and all those things. Got you. Okay, so what should someone look for when realizing the truth of themselves, of their own truth? What should they look for? Um, the, the, the first thing is when you look at, your, look at yourself in the mirror, if you see that a lot of things about yourself that, that shows your masculinity that you do not enjoy and you're always trying to find a way to correct it or you're always trying to hide that, like, I always was trying to hide um, my penis. Like, like if there was a print, I was upset. If anybody was looking at it, I was upset. Like, I did not allow facial hair to grow on my face. Like, what, like well, facial hair didn't grow for me until much later. But as soon as I started getting it, it's like, oh, shit. And I started shaving. Um, like, I, I hit all those things. Um, like, I literally, like, as soon as... I went from just being a boy to a fem a very, very feminine guy or whatever and until I had somebody show me how to transition because I didn't know how to transition. Um, I just knew that I, I, I was a woman, but I didn't know anything about name changes or any of that stuff or hormones. Like, I grew up sheltered, so I didn't know nothing. Got you. Well, I'm glad you found it out and figured it out and someone was there to help you make you through that, you know, because that's not easy, so... Um, now you can be that guiding light for someone else, you know? Um, so we're at week, we're here at Verse TV. We're at week 92. Yay! We did that, right? And so you're one of our core hosts. Aaron Mack, truly appreciate your dedication. So I had to make sure you know that. What is your favorite part of your work here with Verse TV, the Social Millennial Collective? Um, I like meeting people from all over and hearing their stories um i like um being updated like like i am not involved in the news it's much well I'm, I'm i'm involved in the news but i don't keep up with everything um like there's just key things that I, I i look for in the news or whatever but this show helps keep me informed and i get to still meet different people that i wouldn't normally run into um, so it helps me, you know, stay connected um, because I've started to dedicate a lot of my time to, you know, other things. I'm not as involved, um, you know, in the news and, you know, political things as much as I used to be um, because, you know, I'm trying to build something else for myself. I want to leave a legacy behind. Yeah. Well, I hope we all would aspire to do that. That's super dope. Um, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so going forward, what do you hope to accomplish through your involvement with Verse TV? Um, well, with Verse TV, I want to have a platform where, um, you know, every trans woman can be represented. Um, like, you, you don't have to conform to, you know, the norms. Like, it is hard being a trans woman and everybody um feels like you should be this specific type of girl like oh you need like the biggest struggle for me was 
you know, trying to, you know, not conform to getting all these surgeries done because people expect that from you. So like, mm -hmm. I, I want every girl to be represented and know that it's okay to just be yourself and, you know, know that they have a place where they have a voice and they can see somebody that's just as real as them and that doesn't require you to go under the knife. Um, even though I expect, like, I, I want to do that. Like, I don't want anybody to feel like that that's, I have to. Gotcha. Oh, Yuri G, tell me this. Being the professional that you are, what has been the hardest part of all your work? I'm sorry, repeat that again. What has been the hardest part of all your work for you? Everything, you know, you do a couple of different things. What, have been the, what has been the hardest part about being your regime and being who you are right now? Um, the hardest part has been being trans and um, like trying to work and still um, transition at the same time. Um, that's been hard. Um, it, it's, it's very difficult to compete with men in a do male dominated field. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's um, even though you can be more talented than the men, there's some artists who will not work with you only because they fear being attached to you might ruin their brand. So like a lot of, I've worked with a lot of straight guys. It took a long time to get them to be okay. But um, a lot of rappers did not deal with me only because they would have to get photo credit to me and anybody who would Google me would know that I'm trans. Um, so that was like the hardest part, just being trans. It wasn't even about the word. The hardest mm -hmm. part was me being who I am. Gotcha. Mm, that was such a good answer. Thank you for that. And I love you being trans has been a big part of my life um, because I don't have any personal friends who are trans. I know a couple people who are trans, but I don't have any personal people in my life who are trans. And so you have been that for me 92 weeks now. So um, I just want to say thank you for being you and continue to be you, girl. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So let's flip this up. Let's flip this from the hardest part. And let's say what's been the most enjoyable part of it all for you? Um, the most enjoyable part um, have touched so many people and come in contact with so many people. Um, you never you never know what part what part you play in someone's life. Um, it's a girl. Um, I really saw her being really, really big. And she came to me shy, you know, she was very attractive, tall, long legs, and she just did not understand, you know, her power. Like she was feeling like she needed to get bigger breasts, like mm -hmm. all of that. And like now she's modeling with like legit designers. Like she almost doesn't even work a regular job now. Um, and so like just me finding her and then, you know, shooting her a few times and getting her comfortable in front of the camera and stuff. Um, like I, 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 I'm just happy that that happened. Um, and you know, like we're still good friends. So, you know, just making those connections and her referring new people to me because of what I did for her. Like, um, that's the most enjoyable. Got you. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So tell me this, what's the main thing that you want our Verse TV audience to learn about Yoridia Giselle Yuri G Love today? <laughs> um, there, I, I mean, there's nothing really to learn. I'm pretty much an open book. Um, I'm, I'm accepting to everybody. I do not knock anybody's hustle. Like, I'm just very accepting, very open book. Um, when it comes to my love life, I'm a little bit more private and secretive. Um, oh, in my age. I, I don't, 
because people like to judge you on your age. Um, there's a lot of doors that I wouldn't have been able to knock on if they really knew how old I was or how young I was. <laughs> Come on, keep the secrets professional. You never tell your age, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, what's next for you and G? Um, next for me, um, it depends on what aspect of my life you're asking about. But um, as, far, as far as ballroom, I'm starting my own house. Um, we all here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. um, I, I'm very excited about it. I got some very influential people um, to become part of, you know, what I'm doing. Um, we're actually having our first, like, practice on the 7th. Or whatever. Um, it, it's getting so big so fast that um, I might have to have serious auditions, you know, and figure out which ones are going to be the ones that's going to legit hit the floor and who's going to be like just, you know, kind of secondary. Because um, this is a new project and I don't want too many people I have to manage. <laughs> Come on now. I'm so proud of you. I've been waiting for you to talk about it. And now you're talking about it here. So I'm like, I feel extra privileged and excited to, to hear it here first on Verse TV about what Miss <laughs> uh, Yuri G is doing. Um, and you guys know that, you know, I've been mentioning about doing some things. So hopefully, fingers crossed, still going. Me and Yuri can do some work together when it comes to that. We got some things we're working on, so stay tuned. You never know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's the queen mother and she's getting me together. So, you know, she's, she's opened some doors for me and introduced me to some amazing people. So I will, first of all, say thank you for that. She does exactly what she says she's going to do. Um, and um, and that's that's your G. So um, be on the lookout because if, if she going, I'm going with her. Just know that. How about that? <laughs> uh, period. Right, Aaron? Period. So <laughs> what's the best advice that you can say that you've ever received? Oh, my God. There was so much good advice. Um, go with your first gut feeling. Um Usually um, that feeling is evidence of things that you already know that you just want to ignore. Um, so always go with your first gut feeling. Um, do not do, do not be shy to ask questions. Um, that's always been a good one. Good, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, and when working and when working um, with other people, never seem to know it all or to know more than them. Um, a lot of opportunities stop for you if they feel like you're the competition yeah. or that you're trying to replace them. So um, never give them too much and always be very appreciative. Mm, that was so good. I think, honestly, I was one of those people needed to hear that part because I tend to know a lot and know everything. But now that you say it that way, I realized the industry that I'm in when it comes to like podcasting, talking, radio, talk show, if somebody seen me for real, they'll definitely feel threatened because of the experience that I have in my personality. So I'm like, mm, okay, you G, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna pay attention to that. I'm gonna go in and just be chill. And so they give me the big contract. Got it. Okay, cool. So the moment that we've all been waiting for has come. And I'm super excited to have this moment because now I get to ask you the questions that we asked everybody. So without further ado, let's get to the special First TV questions that we get to ask everybody, but now I get to ask you, Miss Yuri So first question is this. Of course, you know these questions in and out, but it's fine. Let me do my job. If you had all the money, power necessary, money or power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel would be most beneficial for the LGBTQ plus community? Um, I would give um, everybody the opportunity to build a brand. Um, and those who do not have the know of building a brand, 
I would give them the opportunity to learn a craft or um, or get educated on um, on whatever they want, like free of charge. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of us haven't chased our dreams because, oh, school's too, you know, expensive or, oh my God, my family needs me. It's always something in our community um, keeping us back. And I mm. feel like if early on we had opportunities, a lot of us wouldn't have got drug out onto drugs or, you know, we wouldn't have slept on our dreams. Um, it, it just so happened. Life gave me the opportunity to chase mine because my parents, they were real big on trying to push me to criminal justice and, you know, which I did. I did start going to school for criminal justice and, you know, I, I got certified in that. But then after that, I went back to school. I did cosmetology. I did nursing. I did quite a few things. Um, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew it wasn't criminal justice. Um, <laughs> I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> but um, but but I feel like if we had the opportunity to just experience things and ed and get educated, you know, um, our community would be a lot stronger because a lot of us feel like we have to settle. Got it. We better come on answers today. <laughs> on today, looking like first lady. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, we know is a quote and they'll give you that question. So the quote is this, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me, what do I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for? And that's a quote from Thomas Morton. And so the question is this, what is your goal in life? And, and part B to that is what's slowing you down from achieving that goal? Um, what's slowing me down is wanting to help people. Um, I, I'm, I'm such a giver. Um, I, it, it wasn't until I went to go look at my bank account. Um, and, you know, there's a section that shows you how much you spend a month that I realized how much money really flows through my hands. Mm. But um, as I sat down um, this month, you know, I made a promise to myself to, you know, to change some of the things that I do. I realized that, you know, like I've been notating every time people ask me for money and I'm seeing how often and how comfortable people are asking me for money or different things that come about that I'm spending money on. I don't necessarily have to. Like, I did not realize that my Uber Eats, like there's a $5 service fee, then there's a $5 delivery fee. And then like all of these things, like something I could have just, you know, drove to the store and got for $8 now and ended up paying Fifteen dollars forward or whatever. So right. um, it, it, it's it's really just being you know lazy and you know being so giving um, that's really slowed me down. Um, but what I really want to do is I want to take my business to the next level. I really want to invest in my business and further my transition. And it's been slowed down because me trying to be helpful and giving and all of those things which, you know, my sister had to sit me down just the other day and she was like, our mom, you know, loves us and she don't give us everything. So for you to be a mother doesn't mean that you have to give them everything. So. You better come <laughs> on, sister. Shout out to your sister getting it together because that's what we need, okay? Come on, sister. So number three is this. The most important question, oh, you know it's the most important question? You know what's coming up. So what is your hashtag deepest tea? Something you've never shared on social media before, but something you're willing to share with us exclusively for our 92 weeks, okay? 
full my deepest tea. Um, one of my deepest teas was um. Oh wait, have I shared it? I think I shared that with y'all before. Well, it was during a show. Um. I well I, you know, one of my deepest teas was I really had to live on the streets. Like um, like I was homeless and um. And I was involved in prostitution and everything. Um, like I was even, you know, being in love with people for a place to stay. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's like, um, you know, my deepest, um, my deepest, darkest tea. Um, wow. I, don't I, I don't think I've ever like- I don't think you went that deep <laughs> and that dark now. Come on, okay, well, listen, look at the star you becoming Rose to be, okay? Look at me now. <laughs> Look at your local runway because she's ripping it. Okay. Um, catwalk, face, all of that, hands. She's there. Okay. So, number four, <laughs> right? What is your biggest stumbling block and how did you overcome it? Um, your biggest stumbling block and your path up and how did you overcome it? Um, my biggest stumbling block was, um, well, I wouldn't even say it was a stumbling block. It was something that was slowing me down. Um, when in North Carolina, I had no problems um, getting a job. Um, and so when I came to Georgia, um, that was the problem. I have several degrees, you know, I have certifications, no, no, no background, nothing. You know, all I have is traffic violations. Um, and it's no shade to my sister, but you know, she has a record. She was able to get a management job paying over $20 an hour. I couldn't even get a basic employee job paying more than $10 an hour with all of these degrees. Um, and it really put me in a space where I needed to think differently about how I wanted to you know, live my life. And that's what really pushed me to start thinking about starting my own business because people weren't trying to give me what I felt like I was worth. Hello, you had to also understand sometimes you ain't meant to do, be, be a manager making $20 an hour. Cause sometimes you're supposed to have your own business making, you know, $100 an hour, you know, it just depends, you know, everybody's different, you know? So definitely, you know, your sister's, you know, where she's in her life and you are when you're in life, but you wasn't made for that maybe. That's why those opportunities weren't presented to you because you was made to be a boss in a different way. Um, so <laughs> clearly, you know? And so the last question is this, what are some of the um what is something that you would love to be left in your legacy time capsule for your work? Um I want my legacy to be um that I was, you know, I, I just want it to be somehow noted that I was like one of the most open people ever. Like there's nobody who can't come close to me and get a hug. Um, like, I, I don't look down on anybody. There's never been a spot in my life that I felt like I was better than anybody. Like, I, I, I have to make myself feel that. So what I, I want people to, to know that I'm, I, I was always open. And as far as my house, I wanted to, I wanted to be seen that I changed the culture because um, I feel like ballroom in some aspects have become very toxic and breeding grounds for problems and trouble. Um, and I feel like I want to create my own space where I can change that and everybody 
will see it and that'll be my legacy. We had that conversation before you and I in closing out. And um, that's why when you said you was making, creating your own house, I was super excited um, because, you know, I know that you're going to bring all of that, all that you said, and you're going to be able to make change and your house will be a, a house, a well-known name because of who you are as a person and what you're going to be able to install in your kids um, and those that are incorporated and around you like myself. So um, thank you so much for, you know, giving me and this, giving us this opportunity to get to know you more so that people out there, the fans out there that's been watching us for 92 weeks can get to know about your G. So let them know once again where they can follow you and find you is if their first time tuning in was this interview. Um, let them know where to find you that good stuff. Um, on Facebook, you can find me. Um, it's Yuri, R-I-A. So just Y-U-R-I and then R-I-A. Um, Spanish people is Udivia. Uh, <laughs> Giselle, um, like Beyonce's middle name. So if you can Google Beyonce, you'll see her middle name's Giselle as well. And it's love. Um, which is my real last name. That's my family last name for real. So Udivia Giselle Love. And then on um, Instagram, it's bossy underscore canon dot shooter. It's no secret message. I like canon cameras. It's a brand. <laughs> I'm a photographer, videographer. That's just the brand I like. So it's bossy underscore canon dot shooter. Also, yeah. And tonight you got a special event for those who might be tuning in live. Let them know what, about your event tonight. Okay, so tonight um, there's an event that Trinity K. Bonet um, from RuPaul's Drag Race, she's throwing it. Um, it's at Club 840 on Ralph um, David Abernathy in Atlanta. And tonight I'll be walking runway and um, I will try to go live, but Trinity is going live as well so that you all can tune in. But yeah. Well, all right, all right, all right, guys. If you're in Atlanta and you're in the building and you're tuning in live, go check out my girl, UG, our girl, UG. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. That's been all the tea right here on Verse TV with your boy, Troy Weeks Music uh, and our girl, UG. You know, we've had interviews for all of us at this point, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, you get to know a little bit about all of us. And um, with 93, we're getting ready to go. So keep continuing to kids support us, like, comment, subscribe, and uh, let us know out there what you guys are thinking. If you guys are enjoying what we're doing, let us know. We appreciate the love. Trust me, we get an email, a text message, or something. Let us know that you guys left a message or send something. So please, we appreciate the love and anybody you want to give it to us. Until next week, until next time, y'all, we'll see you guys. Stay tuned for more. Bye.